To another episode of On the Wake Up Radio's Morgan's Appeal, the blackest hour of your week. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, don't forget to check us out on OTW2. That's on the wake up two, uh, dot com, mm-hmm. and also check us out on, on the wake up radio dot com. Follow us, to subscribe. You know, join up. You know, we're trying to preserve this person on the right, this delicate person on the right, and especially trying to uplift black voices. As always. We function in the spirit of saying coping, looking backwards in order to move before we move forwards, right? Uh, our history is our political clock tells us uh, who we've been and where we've been, uh, who we are and where we are, and most importantly, where we must go and what we must do. So um, today, this week, in Black History, we have a couple of remarkable events, noteworthy events. Uh, we have, it was this week, back in 20, when Marcus Garvey, first presents his uh, Best Africa program. <laughs> At the time, you know, I would say that it, it is as radical today as it was then. Uh, you got to remember, we're coming off the Red Summer, the red summer of, of 1919. They was lynching Negroes all over the place. There was a, a reteaching of what we had been taught, and God became around at the right time uh, to tap into that. Also this week, uh, Nelson Mandela was arrested <laughs> in 1962. Nelson Mandela was arrested. Um, you know, he, he after trying the legal system, remember he was a lawyer, he tried the legal process, and he realized that that wasn't working, and so we got to do something else. And so he he formed his his uh, clandestine group, right? You know, um, what what the U.S. Is, decided to describe the terrorist activity. She didn't kill anybody, but they were blowing up uh, public utilities as, as a form of protest, right? Uh, almost like anarchists in a way. Um, and, of course, he, he was locked up uh, to life in jail. Did kill anybody, but sentenced to life in jail, even though he saw his own brothers and sisters killed with impunity and no justice, but he was going to get life in jail, and that's what he uh, resigned himself to, right? Uh, history would have it that he would, he would end up doing 27 years in jail and go on to be the, the first black president. <laughs> Could you imagine the first black president of South Africa? A population in 1994, a population that's uh, 90 or 80 percent black. He's the first black president. But you understand how oppression works. You understand what racism is, uh, colonialization, slavery, and the whole the whole thing. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll explore that later on in the program. Uh, also, this week in, in, in history, uh, Frederick Douglass, 
said his famous, if there is no struggle, there is no progress speech back in 1857. Now, again, this is before the Civil War. Um, and again, you got to remember, he's a runaway slave. But he understood that's how it works. This, when we talk about uh, the rectifying things, and I'm going to discuss this later on the program, I discussed the New York City Racial Justice Commission, which is just created about two weeks ago, uh, as a means of putting uh, something on the ballot for next year that will, uh, we can change the New York City Charter uh, to address some racial situations, uh, rectify certain laws. That's right, the city charter is like the, the constitution of the city. And um, sometimes when you can't get politicians, meaning the city council to do things, uh, you can go straight to the charter itself. You, we as citizens, and this is uh, one of the mechanisms we have. Uh, not perfect, but um, <laughs> it's a mechanism. And so uh, we have that. So, yeah. So he, he understood that if you do, there's, no, there's no shortcuts, right? I'm going to struggle. I, I, I'm not struggling because I'm going to succeed. I'm struggling just to keep on that tradition so my children will struggle. Perfection or utopia, we may not see in our lifetime. But Dr. King says, um, I may not get there with you. You know what I mean? I want to know. I mean, you want the you want the future to look back at you and say, "Hey, you, you did your part. You were an active participant, right?" And that, that's how you become an elder. Like uh, when we talked about the OC, right? You, you, you were active participant. You weren't just given moral support. Um, and also, uh, we're going to recognize the birthdays: James Baldwin, the great James Baldwin, uh, R. I. Me, Felicuta, uh, the great Felicuta. All right, I was reading about him. A little bit of a lot of things I didn't know about him uh, earlier on this week in preparation for the show. And uh, yeah, his tremendous story. Um, as a as a Pan-African, this is a black nationalist, I uh, feel like I could somebody. And fighting classism, you know what I mean? Because once you, even though I consider racism more dangerous than classism, once you once you even eradicate racism, classism is the next step. Right? You don't want to, uh, you know, such thing as a good king. Right, even if you look like me, most of the things you can decentralization at all costs. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not your, I'm not your baby brother. And we're also going to recognize uh, George uh, Washington Williams. And if you're not familiar with him, we're going to expand on him later. Rob, hello, hello, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, all right, all right. So I was I was asking you how your week was. Yeah, it's fine. Um. Uh, today. Uh, so, so uh, I think last week, uh, the mayor of New York put together a commission called the Racial Justice Commission. Uh, the purpose is to go around the city and and come up with things that will address racism in the city charter. Uh, how do they address racism in the city charter? So they're going to come up with some ideas and some ballot initiatives that are show up on the ballot so we can vote on it, just like we voted for a county, just like we voted for town limits, right? The ballot initiative, just like we voted for um, United States voting. But we're trying to come up with things that will address racism, uh, <laughs> which is a lofty goal. But, um, you know, so I went down there. I don't think they understand what a racism is. It's not something you can vote away. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the idea. So not, we, we, the community's supposed to come up with... Uh, is there like a, 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 a race commission we can, we can put in place to oversee? Like uh, in 
in, uh, let me get what country is this, don't get me, if you think of me lying, uh, in Rwanda, in Rwanda, there is actually a governmental agency uh, that is created to ensure gender equality and pay. So, uh, I mean, I don't think that kind of heavy-handedness stuff works, because, you know, racism is a system. It's going to find a way around that kind of stuff. So I'm with you, Rob. I don't, but nonetheless, you know, um, I was invited. So and you can address you can address what you can on paper. That's fine. But that's always been just part of it. The, the actual racism where the rubber meets the road. And don't get me wrong, it's great not having institutionalized racism. That, that's also that's awesome. But the cultural aspects of it are where are what actually keeps perpetuating it. You that's true. The kind of equality that they're looking for has to come from an actual egalitarian society. It's not something you can legislate into people's heads. And of course, you got the obvious question: How is this commission put together? These are people that the mayor has selected. <laughs> so you saw no kind of. So we're already yeah. He's kind of stunned up, kind of shady there. Um, I, I got the, I, I asked because I was there. The racial the racial makeup of the commission: the twelve, the twelve folks, five blacks, um, I believe two Asians, two Hispanics, um, and uh, yeah, I guess everybody else is white. So that's that's that right there is nine. And I think if it's uh, if it's twelve, that means you got three whites. <laughs> so, but again, there are, these are people who are selected by the mayor. But um, how many of them are poor? Oh uh, yeah. How many of them actually have to take the train to work? How many of them, you know, have been out of work? A couple of them non run nonprofits. A couple that of them doesn't mean anything. One you can run a nonprofit and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not telling you. You can run a nonprofit and make nothing. So that you. doesn't mean anything. If I'm there is a circle of by the mayor, I already have too many questions to even consider this commission. You asked a question, I'll give you an answer. I'm not saying that was a good answer, but that is the answer. <laughs> I'm not saying you should be satisfied. It's, it's more of the same dog and pony show that is all we can expect from them. That's what, what, what's in that? It doesn't even surprise me. Worse than that, by the time this, this this committee comes around, um, the next mayor can really disband it because you know, the body is only going to be there until the end of the year. And come January, the next mayor can say, uh, even if he decides to keep it, he can throw these guys away and start up from scratch with his own folks. I mean, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is just a, an exercise. Uh, he can say that he did something. And uh, and if uh, and if uh, the next mayor decides to carry it on, then, and if he doesn't, he can point fingers. So it, it's all problematic, but it, it is a sounding board. So I, I believe in discourse. I do believe in discourse, right? Um, that that is the cornerstone of democracy. That's why I believe in free press. That's why I believe in First Amendment rights. Uh, so you just you, you you use it as an opportunity to express yourself. Don't expect any miracles. That's it. That's all. But anyhow, um, yeah. So. You know, I brought some of the issues that we've been having here, specifically in Southeast Plains, over the past two. We talk about the uh, uh, overtaxation, right? So therefore, we're paying more taxes than uh, our white counterparts, uh, uh, relatively speaking. Um, Talking about the, the failing schools, uh, as we're working with the Student Improvement Association, and, and you know, we, uh, we're failing schools as measured by school performance. I mean, test performance on the math and English exams. 
Uh, our professors still have them uh, way below uh, borough averages. Uh, we are scraping the bottom. If people want to blame you, mayoral control. How can you say you have mayoral control? How can anyone say you have mayoral control or any real control when most of our schools, at least in this area, are all private organizations now? By definition, lose control to that company. So the way it works, if you remember, is that in order for the governor to give the mayor mayor control, he forces him to sign off private schools. That that's the give and take. <laughs> but if you sign, a charter school isn't a school. It's a company. It teaches you things. You hope. That's it. The same way we had these problems a couple of years ago, everybody was all pissed off because all these online colleges were frauds. The only difference of what they're doing now is they're doing it in person. So you, you can have some really great you know, charter schools, but don't get it twisted. This is a company with an education plan, and they're using your kid as an experiment. Hope it works out. May all control or anybody being in control, the company's in control. They're the ones who've been hired which are tax dollars. So those aren't really schools, they're many education companies. Well, even worse than that, before they did, those are buy-ins. This is private company using your tax dollars. Even worse. Yes. Well, not like a private, not like a company who, okay, you have the option. They're literally taking your tax dollars with no oversight, which is yes. by definition corruption. Welcome to the Democratic Party. So, um, yeah, so you, you can bring up issues like that, and then we also also use the opportunity to bring up um, the waste transfer station thing, right? Even with the laws on the books, we got we got the waste equity law on the books, and you got uh, politicians trying to subvert it and weaken it, and we gotta we gotta fight politicians. And the fact that we stopped him from doing that in this moment—that's a victory when the area still stinks. Because I have to drive that way today. Driving now Liberty, you can't have your windows down. And so we we, 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 we celebrate the victory because we stopped them, but the situation is still the same. And we shouldn't have to expend energy like that. You know what I mean? That's the wasted energy. We have it progress. We just stop something. You have it That's because it. we got the same players on the board. We will never see progress with the same pieces in play. So we can have our little they're not even victories. It's like you said, it's just holding the line. That's not even that we we're not even getting empiric victories because we're not even taking their pieces off the board. That's what we've settled for for far too long. So to expect anything different now without a major shakeup, no, it's not going to happen. They need to suffer serious losses, and until that happens, you're not going to see anything different. They have no reason to change. Well, this guy's out. Yeah, so actually, and I saw him today too. I saw him like he's walking the house, huh? <laughs> he was crossing Springfield Boulevard. But what's the succession plan? So he, he elected somebody else. Her name is Natasha Williams. She's coming in. And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's how democracy works. So I want to take that mind. I mean, I mean, the citizen's job is never done. I'll, I'll put it like that. The citizen's job is never done. But it's required. If you want to call yourself a big citizen, you gotta you gotta participate, and you gotta, like Frederick Douglass said, there is no progress without struggle. So, um, yeah. So uh, this is our, this is the cross we we choose to bear. Uh, but um, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a there's a different types of struggle. Seriously, there's, there are communities that have to deal with their biggest struggle is from NIMBY nonsense. Okay, we have other districts in here that their biggest concern is we don't want a jail in our area that would house our own criminals. So they're trying to literally export their own criminal element because they don't want to deal with it. Because they don't want to have a prison next to where the actual county court is. Yeah, they don't want to see that. We, on the other hand, have to deal with trying to keep environmental pollution levels down, which will cause asthma and other respiratory illnesses at the very least. And not just that, but they will do everyday quality of life. So there's a vast difference. When you say our job is to struggle as an activist, you've really got to define that. It's not just struggle. And we need to start patching around that team. This is not even an issue for discussion anymore. Because right now, it's for show in a lot of elements. So, so that 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 racial justice commission, uh, they have their Queens meeting over at uh, Queensboro Hall, over on Queens Boulevard. Uh, so, upon leaving there, I decided to swing by Anton, good old Anton, uh, where they were having the judicial delegate meetings and <laughs> doing some kind of sponsor nomination of our candidates, our Democratic nominees for Supreme Court judge for this November. Um, I, I missed most of the nominees, but I, you know, I, I did get to see Meek shucking and jobbing and, and laughing with the they funny and scratching with the they giving all due praise to Sweeney Rice and Bowles, saying they have the best thing since sliced bread, um, and clapping for district leaders as they could be people who do nothing but give a proxy. But um, um, one of my brothers, Arnold, one of my brothers out of um, uh, uh, Charles Barron's camp. Uh, he wanted, I wanted him to see it for his own two eyes. So it's one thing for me to tell you how bad it is. It's one thing for you to see it. And so um, he got in a letter. And so he decided he wanted to go up and I go with you, you know. So, um, yeah. Um, it, it, it makes you sick. It makes you sick. You got to hold down your, hold down your door. Um, but uh, <laughs> this is why I don't go to a lot of these things because I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> it's not for something like that. It's better reached. This you're you're at the stage of where I identifying the issue, but we're not going to get any real progress with just identifying it. They need yeah. to actually get taken down a peg. They need to suffer losses. Um, and that just isn't happening under the current makeup. And that I get so so I believe we define losses differently. Uh for instance, uh, yesterday was that big old that election we were talking about last week in Cleveland, Ohio, in Columbia, yeah, in Cleveland. And uh, um for about, so there were thirteen candidates, first of all. Sister Nina, uh she she garnered forty two percent of the vote, but the county selection, um, uh Sister Brown, uh garnered fifty percent. You know, the Sister Brown uh, is the chair of the county machine for that county, which means she's on the ground, right? And Nina, we might know Nina Turner because she travels the country. You know, she's here in New York a couple of times a year. She, she's everywhere, but she's not really on the ground as much, right? So she, she, you got to really be on the ground to, to develop these relationships because the folks you're trying to, you're not going to come from L.A., 
and the feet of Gregory Meeks. You got to be on the ground dealing with the folks and telling them they're idiots for supporting Gregory Meeks ain't going to get them to vote for you. Right? You got to cultivate that relationship naturally. That's just the problem. They know what they're The problem is you're never going to cultivate those people. They are not gettable. They know what they're supporting when they support a Gregory Meeks. I don't think so they do. Operating under the idea that they're just winnable or if they just knew more about him or what he was. They got to know something about you. They don't care. I think you're really... You know why they care about him? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think they got to care about him. He could be a criminal. He's a criminal. Exactly. They're comfortable with it. They're okay with him. They're okay with the They're not interested. They never had clean water. What if I give you clean water? They don't want clean water. They don't care. Until the dirty water actually gives them dysentery and they see somebody shit themselves to death, they are not going to care. They don't care. They like the dirty water. You can't because the dirty water like keeps them where they're at. You can't look down at the people like that. You know I mean? I'm not looking down on them. I'm stating what's going care. on. Why would they not they care don't. about They do not care to see any type of change because right now they are comfortable and happy with the service they get a type of Gregory Meeks. They do not see it what he's doing as harmful to them. Yeah, so they don't see what he's doing, period. I'm okay, look, look at this, look at this, look at this. I'm in a conversation. This bill stops, right? It was Thursday morning. Right? They they asked me to come down to City Hall. Uh, I had to cover a class. That's what I think I told you guys. Yeah, because we had a show last week. But I, we had a guest, so I didn't get a chance to elaborate. I got my laptop kind of teach my class in my passenger seat as I'm going down Atlantic Avenue. <laughs> it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But uh, the idea, so even after this process, so the folks in the group, they say, well, maybe we should reach out to Gregory or reach out to um, uh, Donna Rich and see if we get the support. And I'm in my head, I'm like, you think they don't know about this already? <laughs> and my head, I'm thinking, okay, but that's what they want to do. I'm not going to tell them not to. They, 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 the people who are vocal, so they know they can, obviously they can't depend on Denise Miller because Denise Miller will protect the legislation. But you know, so they know definitely who's against it. But because people are quiet, they really think that Gregory Meeks doesn't know what's going on with this race equity stuff. They really think that Donald Richard. They really think they can make an appeal to him, right? I'm, 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 I'm scared. That's what I'm saying. You got to see this with your own eyes. They don't see the bad stuff in schools and connected to Gregory. They don't see over-policing and connected to Gregory. They don't see this race equity thing and connected to Gregory. Even the people who are at the, on the ground level fighting it, they just think, oh, no one told them about it yet. That's that serious. That's serious. That, no, that's not even a change. That's a serious, deep case of cognitive dissonance. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, cause part of survival, if you tell yourself, you can't wake up in the morning, because, again, it's like having PCD. I mean, post-traumatic stress disorder. You can't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to die. You got to say, no, it's gonna, it's, the sun came up. Things are going to be better. Psychologically, people need that. If you start telling them everything that's bad, they're going to reject it because they can't believe it's that bad. Right? Psychologically, in order to wake up and, and keep going, some people can't handle the truth. You remember that movie? Do you want the truth? You can't handle the truth. That's true. 
some folks can't handle the truth. If you, I wish you could be with me right in these meetings and hear these talks. The same people who are struggling. That's not what they see. They, they don't connect one and two. They don't connect the dots. Like you connecting the dots. I don't see that that's... They need to suffer that. <laughs> see, you can't say that, man. And I don't... No, it's true. And I don't mean suffer as in, oh, it's good for them, ha, ha, ha. I mean in the traditional, like, enlightenment suffering. That suffering can lead to education. They must suffer, and they must see it for themselves then. Nothing I can say will change that. Agree. So they agree. they need they need to be exposed exactly to them. They need to suffer. They need to be they need to see the full meeks. So, so what you do? Nothing. Let him go do that. You let him go ask him, and whatever happens, happens. He's gonna tell him. Yeah. All that's gonna happen is he's gonna come up and do his car salesman act. But <laughs> at the same time, but at the same time, now that they've done that, we've wasted another two months, three months, another quarter. You understand? That's that's where, well, for me, the pain comes in, and that's where the suffering comes in. Because now, not only have okay, they may have learned a lesson, but we've lost half a year, and he's gotten to scoot off again with more campaign donations and uh, support from other areas. He'll go out into the Hamptons and fundraise, so he doesn't give a shit about running for re-election or something. Yeah. That's how the system works. So they can disappoint you in your home district, and still expect enough people that have been cultivated to come out and vote. They don't have to worry about support or finance because that all comes from outside the district and from within the party. So it's one thing to deliver the message and have people go, oh, crap, it is them. But you've already lost at least another year, another two years, another election cycle. How long did it take you to learn it how to drive? Huh? How long did it take you to learn how to drive? <laughs> Not as long as it's taking people to figure out that they're getting screwed by the private system. <laughs> My, my point is, everyone learns at a different pace. You dig? Some people are Fords. Like, not in my religion, some people are Fords, some people are Cadillacs. Some people learn stuff quick. Some people got to go through some heavy lumps. I mean, some people might have to get disappointed two, three times by me, and then they say, oh, that's him. It's a crappy process. But you're right, I do believe they got to get It's trying to make them think it's them, though. Because if, if all of these people who keep who stay in these positions are obviously succeeding or else they would not be in these positions. And everyone else in the area supports them and they have a network of support within the party, well, then it must be that they're doing the right thing. So you're disincentivized to even participate in your own government. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. We have organizations, we have, we have groups that have national and even international representation and fraternal organizations and sororities and everything else that have clubs in this area. Where the frack are they? They're up his ass, shucking and jiving right next to Meeks. Why? Because they got an offer profit and they're looking for funding. And <laughs> they can get exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's an infectious system. So if you're actually looking for any real development, it's not just the struggle that we need to do. We have to direct that struggle. It, that's what that's what I mean when they when I say they need to feel pain, they need to feel losses. Their grip and position within our community, which has lasted more than forty years at this point, they they are so entrenched that they do not care. They will let sections of their own district, like with the waste transfer system, rot in open daylight, and then go over to the next district, like Forest Hills, and smile and glad hand and get all the praise from the party, and never. Will anyone say a word about that open sore that they leave festering in their own district? Because that's not kosher within the party. 
this is this why I have nothing but contempt for them. Anyone with a D behind their name as a matter of cause or they use that as a symbol of association, fuck you. You stand for nothing. So uh, I'm with you, but the, the focus now, so now the idea of the energy, the energy shouldn't be about him. He is a symbol of what that. He's a symbol of what that even party stands for. He's the only thing that party stands for because he's neoliberalism in a skin suit. Even if he feels pain, the community hasn't gotten better. Not him feeling pain. Not him. The party, the even organization, the, party the group that he's pain. an organ of. Even if the party feels pain, does not mean our community got better. Do they? The party removing them from the. Removing them from that gives you the space to at least make an improvement. They are counterproductive. You can make an it's one thing to have. It's one thing to them. fight an enemy, and it, you can struggle against an enemy. But when the enemy is actually you're fighting on their ground, it's like fighting a guerrilla insurgency. Hey, right. so hey, what what are your goals? You have to remove them before you can even heal. Well, before you can true. make an improvement. That's not true. You can. You have to fight on two fronts. Malcolm X talks about this. Steve Biko talks about this. You're going to have to fight the Negroes who don't want no change and who are satisfied, or you're going to have to fight racism. And you can make progress because you're not, the idea is focusing, really focusing on them and trying to build your own army. That's, 90% of your time you should be trying to build your own army. You do that by working with folks. So, you know, you, these folks, they, they ask me to come out, so I'm supportive. By being supportive of them, it's called reciprocity. They may be supportive of me, right? There's a, there's a chance of them being supportive of me if I support their issues than otherwise, if I don't. That's more important than me focusing on, on what they're doing on the other side. Uh, we spoke about how, like, uh, the judges thing, right? We, we beat mm -hmm. that judge, right? Maldonado Cruz beat that judge. And even with um, Soma Saeed, she'll probably beat their judge in November. I mean, she already beat their judge in primary. But the guy she beat, they all take care of them, just like they took care yeah. of the guy that... So I focus on what they do on the other side. We just fight in our own fight, and we trying to build our own. We still got to judge. They didn't take that away from us. They just preserved one of their own. He, he lost uh, a civil court race, and now he's a Supreme Court judge. Can't do nothing about that, because we don't control that system. So do we, do we have a judge at the end of the day? Yes. Right? That's the truth. That's yes, we do. So you got to focus on building your own, because the... The devil, the devil don't sleep, <laughs> right? And if you just, if you try to feed them, defeat them, that's distraction from you building up on your own, I would say. We need to invest in the long clock then, because if the devil don't sleep, there's too many people on our side napping. This is bullshit. That's when, when you know you're doing the right thing, you sleep easy. You know, you know, you don't stay up at night because you're in the scheming. People who hustle and scheme, they don't sleep. That's right. Because people sleep. My eyes. That's how they get taken advantage of. They need to wake their ass up. Just being good, taking a nap. I know your bed is comfortable, but get the fuck up. They will kill you in your sleep because it's easy. God, they, there is no virtue in just being a lamb. Lambs get smart. Okay, that that I. It is so enraging that the left our supposed side cultivates this idea of being meek and just an easy target. That does not work in every situation. The veneration for the people who, you know, 
got through civil rights with uh, nonviolence, that's awesome. And it is a great tactic. We talk about Dr. King and Nelson Mandela all the time. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that you are just a constant victim. And that really does seem to be the mode that our side is in. We are happy with just pulling off a march, but meanwhile, the opposition will just come in and crack heads no matter what. That's not a victory. Yeah, you're right. So I, I count victory as building institutions. Uh, what? That's, okay, so we're on the same page. You can't build an institution with sleepy motherfuckers. They gotta be active. Are, those people out there that we talked about before yeah, right. who are yeah, looking right. for yeah, their right. nonprofit checks, they're active. You're absolutely right. You do we do need some active folks. I'm talking about the the the, the masses are never gonna be active. I don't believe. But you're ever going to get 100% of the people to be active. And I don't think that's ever the case. No. I do believe in the Pareto rule, the 80-20 rule. 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. There's always going to be a small group of people who take on the majority of responsibility to make something happen. So, yes, yeah, 20%, they got a little loose and sweet, right? Those are the active ones, right? That's why I was at two, three meetings today, right? Trying to be one. I'm trying to make the limits to the interfaces and be one of the active ones. As long as the, the folks like that will be fine. Uh, but yeah, I don't think the majority, the masses is going to sleep well. Because they're going to wake up. Yeah, even with, like, check, I mean, not to digress, I want to talk about promo. And, uh, you know, O.C. Barrett, he seems to have some technical issues. So he might be on next week, brothers and sisters. I know some of y'all tuned in to, to, to check him out. But well, we apologize. You know, um, and he's also, I want to talk to him about his educational initiative. That, that's something that we touch on often. And I think it's important. Education is a big part of what we're talking about right. as far as people absolutely, absolutely. not noticing who's the one who's got the knife in their back. That's a big part of it. But we are trained like monkeys in this society to either go for red team or blue team and never look sideways. But I'm a, Don't I'm a, I mean, you think about it. As far as the um, sweeping part, there's a lot of folks who woke up after Barack had left the next day and they were filled with joy that they had a first black president. I mean, they probably went out and bought T-shirts and buns. Oh, yeah. And they didn't help him, and they didn't help him one iota when he was running. They helped him campaign. They didn't do a competition, nothing. But they were super happy. The majority of folks were asleep. And they're going to take it. They go, and they're going to claim their victory as their own. That's part of it. You can't That's be a right. to get that. No, it's not a matter of being but you do it for people. You try and make changes because those changes are what need to be made. So the fact that somebody who doesn't really give a shit benefits, that comes with it. You don't care about that. The problem is when you have people who just are oblivious to it and they're still like, well, you know, I don't understand why this is going on, but they want to be a part of the uh, they want to be part of the solution, but are invariably helping make the situation worse because of how they've been trained to think that they're helping. I know that sounds convoluted. You have somebody who wants to do good, so they jump into, like, say, the Democratic Party, but then they end up becoming an ardent supporter of someone like Meeks, who's literally passing legislation that's counterproductive to what they want. So, Rob, uh, I believe that Meeks, his wife, and his daughter think that they are doing the right thing. I believe so, too. Yeah, exactly. I think that's they... part of it. That's part of the <clears throat> That's part of the sleepers that we talk about. 
Well, no, maybe, maybe his daughter. Maybe his daughter thinks he's doing the right thing. But I don't think anybody with as many federal investigations as he has thinks that he's doing the right thing. Because you see white folks doing it too. I think Scarborough, the Scarborough. That just means you got the wrong accomplices, bro. <laughs> That's what that means. Stop. They call it racism. You're all dirty. <laughs> see what I mean, though? You can't. They couldn't even get a competent criminal, but they still keep his monkey ass there because he's useful. This is the level, people. We can't even get a good cook to represent us. What the fuck? So what do you think about this criminal situation? I'm really impressed. That this is a highlight. Kim, where you at, bro? This is your moment. Well, well actually, yeah, this actually belongs to Sister, Sister, uh, Sister Jane. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think she was going to do it. Did you hear some? Did you? I didn't think anybody would have the backbone to do it. But I was surprised. I'm she, so she happy. He was after his endorsement. She went exactly. back to say he was his endorsement. So I hey, really just He did the one good thing, then he picked the right woman for the job. <laughs> but he would have dismissed that commission, though. Straight like that. He's <laughs> Because look at how long all these. Uh, Party loyalists up and down had just ignored everything. They just wanted to act like it didn't happen, nothing. He could kill as many old people as he wanted. It didn't, they didn't give a damn. And this is not They'd all jump in and wait for him to tease the Blasio again for this week, see what they're going to do. And then only the second thing. That's what I'm saying. He could get away with straight up murder. Subvert. He could he could cut all kinds of backroom deals and dirty contracts. Nobody cared. None of these party monkeys cared. But the second they could hang it on something like that, it's in the moment that he couldn't dodge, they came for him. And good. It couldn't happen to a better person. Now, they all, now I think say, you know, this has nothing to do with that, but there is a federal investigation about the nursing home stuff. Right, yeah, but they're not even really moving forward on it. I think it was good that Biden, somebody woke him up so he could tell him to resign. That was unprecedented. That, I found, that I think was what was just him giving permission for the rest of the party to, okay, you don't have to fake support him anymore. Because he looks like the type who could survive this. If there was somebody who could survive this, I would say it's Andrew Cuomo, because Andrew Cuomo is messing Trump. <laughs> he don't give a damn about your reality. He created his own reality. Yeah. But that's, that's how he survived doing this nonsense for so long. Look at what his rebuttal was. Oh, it's because I'm Italian. I'm emotional. That's what I do. Bro. You get to close your eyes and close your eyes and look at Cuomo. You're going to see a Republican. I get what nobody says. Say, well, party stuff don't mean nothing. You know what I mean? No. That's why people who are party loyalists enrage me so much. It's true. They're hanging their entire identity. <laughs> and they're drawing their moral system from something that is just so hollow. It has none. So if you can function like that, then I'm worried about you. You are a threat to me. You're not a complete human. <laughs> okay? And that may sound extreme, but damn it, it's true. People need to sound a believer. I understand, but part of that means that you research it. Okay? If you call yourself a Christian... You read the Bible. You call yourself a Jew. You study the Torah. So how does it do? You can't tell me that you incorporate that much of the party into your identity. Yeah. That you're going to run around and I, and do these things, and then you don't do the research to see what you actually are a part of. 
thousands of Democrats in office across the country. I'm uh, only talking about a handful of them. So they they probably see Cuomo as an anomaly, like uh, he's just something unique. They don't see him right. as far He runs an entire system top to bottom. That is the point of being the governor. So how do they explain the entire system around him? All these people who are actually testifying and giving up all these details are people who work around him. It's because these people don't want to give up that chunk of their personality. They can't. They need something to fill that void. And this plastic party does it for them. That needs to be ripped away because if they don't have anything else to fill that void, there's still that same dangerous empty vessel just looking for something to fill it up, and they'll follow it. These are literally the types of people who you recruit if you're looking for a useful idiot or a patsy. And the party is full of them. They cultivate that type of personality, and that's what they promote because they're useful and easy to control. Lord. These people are literally dangerous. Let me tell a story. Like, I've been reading about um, uh, Telecuta, right? And this brother actually had some, some cojones about it. Uh, first of all, I didn't know that his mother was a suffragist. So his mother was like a, a woman's right activist yeah. in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way she died, I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And so he had such disdain for the government, mm-hmm. right, that he actually called his house uh, the Kalakuta Republic. <laughs> like he was the sovereign nation. <laughs> he, he was like, I'm out. <laughs> this is my land. And it also had health clinics on the, on the land. He had health clinics on the property for the folks. Right? He would see, like, street children and, you know, come, come live with the, mm-hmm. come live the compound, right? I mean, his brother was doing it. Um, hey. He saw a need. That, that's more effective than bitching at the government, though, at that point. If you see a need like that and you're able to fill that void, do it. That, that's yeah. awesome. But he, he was bitching at the government. And uh, they sent a thousand soldiers surrounded his house, burned it down, threw his mother out of the second story window. So you threw a lady out of a window at an orphanage you set on fire? No, hold on. Threw a lady out of the Not a, a lady. I was his mother at the time, and he was a grown man. So she was in like her 70s or 80s at the time. She died of her injuries eight days later mm-hmm. from being yeah. thrown out the window. They burned the they burned the joint down. That's <laughs> trying to make a terrorist. At that point. No one went to jail for this. No one went huh? to jail for this. No one went to jail for this. Because who's gonna put the government in jail? The government? We were investigating and found everything was okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's the But all I'm saying is he still took his conditions. I mean I'm sure he mm-hmm. still this is a possibility. Right? <laughs> right? This, was, this wasn't something that called this could never happen. So we would have killed him eventually anyway. You can be anti-communist, but if you're anti-capitalism, then we're going to probably bump you off. <laughs> and that's not even true. No, that's not fair. You can be pro-capitalism. You have to be pro-capitalism. Then we won't bump you off. They were continuing the oil cartel to dominate. Nigeria has a lot of oil. But the people, there you go. Because the people. Yeah. And so he was critical yeah. of that. I mean, it's true. I was like, like you know, we are, like you know, uh, I you know. You can't you, have oil reserves. You you would have had to gang up with Russia then. That would have been his best bet. But then he 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 want no Europeans. He wasn't gonna like both selves. He really thought. Hey, that's that great. You may not want European influence, but you're gonna need those European weapons. Because if you're 
that's the rate of the world. You can have your idealism. That's great. You can put your idealism in a bag, and you can have a bag. So, so a bag. Are cool with being martyrs, like uh, like um, um, Nelson Mandela. Said you want your face on money, and you I want to be a martyr. That's awesome. I am prepared to die. Most of them, but I am prepared to die. I'm not sure. The job is to first. kill the other guy. Not I'm not sure what comes first. You have to be. You have to. What comes first? The willingness to die or the willingness to kill? What comes first? You have to be willing to die to be willing to functionally kill. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So therefore, once you once you're willing to die, obviously, then he would probably have for you there at least. You but know? willing to die. But the, the trick is to develop the skills and the abilities so that you make the other guy die. People always people always stop at that first step. <laughs> I'm willing to die for this. Okay, that's great. I like your energy, <laughs> but don't take it down a notch. Matt Turner did live. Demar Vici did live. Don't so they always stop at that step. And we have plenty of examples. I mean, Gavin Law, Nehemiah Johnson. We got a couple of examples of folks who took it to the next step. Um, well, the thing is, in most cases, when it comes to black history, it's not that they chose to take it to the next step. That choice is made for them. Okay. okay. There's a, there's a, in history, is caught up in, you know, people doing the right thing and still getting shot. And that goes across the board from civil rights to work all the way up through American history. And that is a neglected part of American history and another part of what keeps so much of our population asleep and serving the same corrupt system. And that's even a misnomer because you can't even say, I don't feel that the entire system itself is corrupt, but there's a lot of individuals at those levels of power who are corrupt, and they're not going to be removed by your vote because they are in those positions and have stayed in those positions because it has become entrenched. They are entrenched. That's why their friends and their cousins are the ones who get those positions and are named to boards and are named to commissions. And that's why things don't change, because you have an oligarchy. You have an actual system of nobility that is just unnamed. Just because we don't call them lords and ladies doesn't change their function in our culture. Agreed. I wish it. That needs to change. That desperately needs to change. Let me keep it on because if people didn't see them like that, it would be a lot easier to win an election. Let me keep it on the pan as well. I mentioned that I'd be in the show... George Washington Williams. Now, who was George Washington mm-hmm. Williams? He was a soldier in the Civil War. He was a Baptist minister. Uh, he also went on to win elected office. He, he was a, a part of to the Ohio uh, House of Representatives, the state legislature in Ohio during Reconstruction. His real contribution is that um, uh, <clears throat> he was real interested in Europe and Africa. Um, he actually met King Leopold II, you know, right? And he was impressed. Like he was really impressed after meeting Leopold II. And then he went to Congo, the Congo Free State at the time. And then he saw what Leopold had done in Congo. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was one of the first people to, he wrote an open letter uh, to, to outcry the, the atrocities of slavery that were going on in Congo under King Leopold II. And so, uh, you know, the reason why that, that if you're familiar with it, why uh, that was big news, that's because of this brother who was, was born in Pennsylvania, right? Um, I'm not sure if he was born a slave. Uh, 
uh, no, nah, he was born free. And um, yeah, upon visiting Congo, he's yeah, he 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 was out there. He was impressed by the king, but then he saw what made that king rich. There you go. There you go. I mean, that's that. Sometimes you gotta see that stuff in your own slides. Because you could meet a guy, meet someone, and be like, oh yeah, this, you know, you, you stuck at it. Seems reasonable. And then you learn otherwise, and you're like, okay, now I gotta change. As long as you want to change, the folks who make the adjustments. Those are that, that's, that's education at its finest, as long as you're able to reach the definite. But uh, we, we, we're on our last two minutes, Brother Rob. Uh, we have a show coming on right after us. So, uh, any final thoughts for the brothers and sisters out there and uh, on the Lake of Radio Land before we close out? Uh, stay, keep your mind open. You know, look for different avenues and ways that you can educate yourself. We all got a lot to learn, and that way you can see the devil in the details. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Sister Cindy Askew. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Um, thanks for trying to work out the OC thing, uh, keeping me updated. Uh, so, brothers and sisters, but the OC should be on next week. Uh, I'm going to close out with a quote from uh, James Baldwin uh, Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Uh, to my brothers and sisters, to my Africans, to my Africanettes, and those of you who are African adjacent, this has been Walker's Appeal, a.k.a. The Appeal. Till next time, peace. Look it up. Lord individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy On the wake up. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.